Hey, Jana here, and a quick disclaimer before I get into this week's episode. This week I'm talking about body inclusivity, particularly when it comes to plus size belly dancers. Now, that's not meant to exclude skinny dancers by any means. I want you to come as you are and to feel comfortable the way you are in any class you take. But it's meant to shed light on the difficulties that plus size belly dancers face in the belly dance world. And not just in the belly dance world, but in the dance world in general. And I'm talking to a special guest this week about how we can start changing that. So don't feel excluded if you are not a plus size dancer. It is not meant to make you feel excluded. It's meant to make you think how we can all do better in the belly dance community to start including more plus size dancers in our shows, the competitions, even when it comes to costume design. So keep that in mind when listening to this episode and speak to you soon. Everybody, I'm Jana, and welcome to the Adventure Belly Dance Podcast, a weekly podcast all about business for belly dancers. I'm excited to have a slightly different format uh, this week with a new interview guest. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? My name is Eshta Amar. Um, I am a belly dancer, but more primarily a costume designer, specifically for belly dancers and um, different performers. Um, different stage performers. I do burlesque. I do um, costumes for drag performers and um, mostly belly dance, but um, ballroom too. So I try to cover all of the dancewear spectrum. Nice. And you and I know each other, as you're talking about before I started recording, uh, from the buzz days, which anyone listening, mm-hmm. that was way back when kids settled down and listened to, you know, way back when we didn't have uh, all these Facebook groups and all that stuff. We just had like one big forum for everything. I miss Buzz. Buzz was nice. Yeah, Buzz was really nice. But yeah, that's um, how I first found out about your costumes, I believe. And then I've ordered them and I always love them because they always fit so nice. And um, we got to be friends on Facebook and then I've been following you. And one of the reasons, well, the main reason why I asked you to come here um, on the podcast is to give your perspective as a costume designer, but as well as um, talking about body positivity. So... Mm -hmm. Let's get into that. So how, if at all, being a costume designer mainly has changed the topic of body positivity for you in the belly dance community? Well, I don't think anything has changed. I mean, I think that I had to become a costume designer for myself because I couldn't get any of the designers that I liked to costume me. And I had direct experiences where I would go to ateliers to be fitted and I was basically told, no, you can't wear that, you should wear this. Or I'd go in and I'd try to find something and the only thing I could find was a dress that I didn't like that much or I had to have everything specially fitted because nothing, the belts weren't long enough, the bras weren't big enough. And um, it just wasn't working for me. So I had to do it on my own. But um, I had done it on my own for lots of other things because I started costuming at the 
Ren Fair and I started costuming at opera companies and doing stage and film and all this stuff. So I had already been a costume designer. So this was a natural transition to do it for myself, but I had no choice. I couldn't buy anything off the rack. And that was really sad. So yeah, yeah I remember when I used to be part of the uh, dance troupe back in Orlando and we would just get like bulk orders of one design and it's good luck to you if you fit that or not mm -hmm. and um i was the tallest in the group and the skirts it was like i was wading through swamp water like type like it was like never long enough and um the bras would always fit so weird and it's like you were told to always pad it up and you're like i don't necessarily want to pad i just want a bra that fits me well it's just it doesn't fit and it's yeah it was just a mess most of the time because um yeah that's how you would just get a bulk order get a box and you choose from whatever is mm -hmm. best um i believe troops now hopefully they they do work with specific designers and they do give their sizes individually and stuff like that i uh, think but I so but i think does. that there's just a lot of designers never never worked with body sizes that are larger than like a 14 yeah. or 16 so they don't even know what to do yeah so i mean it's beyond like like if you're up to a size 14 16 you'll probably find something but if you're larger just forget about it you have to have it custom made and it's always been that way and it will probably always continue to be that way because the chances of selling something and even i i struggle with this the chances of selling something to the uh, Western ideal of beauty is a lot higher than um, selling something to the person that I hope will fit this bra and belt that are slightly larger. Yeah. So it's like this cookie cutter size that you see everywhere. And those are the girls that are going to buy all the costumes because those are the girls that are, that are working. Yeah. So that's what you see. And a lot of designers will only make like uh, very small sizes because the market is booming in Asia. And those girls tend to be smaller and that's what they're gonna get. And so it just feels really hard to find a designer that you can ask and trust and um, know that they understand what you're, you're talking about and um, also be comfortable enough with your body to measure your body properly. A lot of people can't even do that. Um, it's a source of great depression and woe to put a tape measure around your butt. And um, I've had that experience too. So. I think designers could do a lot to step up, but mostly just they could do a lot to just say that they're available and they understand and can accommodate, mm -hmm. you know, be that because of size or even because of skin tone. Like think of how many dancers can't even get costumes that, you know, have mesh that match their skin tone. Yeah. Nude I mean, is whole... one color. Me. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Nude is one color. And nude is really yeah. like 24 shades. If yeah, you find a exactly. fabric, you know, designer or wholesaler that specializes in that, they'll have, you know, 24 shades of nude. Yeah. So it's, it's like a giant iceberg and it's all wrapped up together. It's got like, it's got tips of racism, tips of sexism, tips of body positivity, yeah. but it's all together as one. And it's like a huge issue. And I can only talk about the, the size portion of it, but they're all many sides of the same issue. Yeah. And they're all interconnected together. And that's kind of the problem because you start talking about one and then it unravels and you got to start talking about all the other stuff too. Yeah. So um, do you think that, I mean, if, if you don't believe 
Um, and thank you very much for your very honest answer. <laughs> um, if you don't believe that there has been any or that as much change in body positivity within the Belarusian community, do you think it's where does the is it like the chicken and the egg situation? Do you think it's because there's not that many designers offering it, or do you think it's because we've made it as as dance teachers, as some dance teachers have made it so that we we don't accommodate people uh, from from all sizes? And you know, what do you think is like like the issue here? I think it's both. I mean, all you have to do is go to a a restaurant or a competition or or a hofla or whatever and see what you see and what do you see you don't really see um a lot of larger dancers you definitely don't see larger dancers in paid situations you very rarely see larger dancers in competition situations because if you go to be in a competition you're going to have to costume yourself a certain way you're going to have to really bring it you're going to have to you know, wear the best, the best and be the brightest of the brightest. And so you hit all these roadblocks to get you there because it's not offered. So I just think that people don't realize that you can't get into any Western dance without being a certain size. You're just not going to feel good in a ballet class. You know, you're literally going to have to go Google fat ballet class and take that. Mm -hmm. And so there's no expectation that you're going to get anywhere anywhere at all there's no job for you there's no future for you as a dancer of size in any western dance form in belly dance there's this whole sisterhood like everybody can join in idea mm -hmm. and you feel like that oh that's a great place for me until you get in and you realize that once again there's no place for you to go you will literally be stuck in student hofless forever You'll never, you know, maybe you'll win a competition or get a mention, maybe, and only if there are body positive judges. Yeah. You know, and so belly dancers of size literally lead a different belly dance life. They have a, a completely different belly dance experience than anybody else. Mm -hmm. They're not going to get to work in restaurants. They're not going to get to do belly grams. They're literally not going to be able to make any money. So they can never transition to professional. And that's not because they're not capable of it have the money and the time and the energy and the effort and the passion it's just because nobody wants to see that and why doesn't anybody want to see that is it because they haven't seen it or because they're told for so long that it's not appropriate or not what they want to see i mean we have to examine that and if you're a, if you're a teacher if you're a festival promoter if you're in the belly dance world and you say i want to be body positive but you don't book anybody of size you don't like and and having a fat category in a competition that's just that's just lame does like, that happen I, well some people might not call it that but you know they like to say like the goddess category the, oh god the, the, you know <laughs> which is like for fat ladies over 50 categories what that translates into and that's that's not cool that's bullshit. like let's yeah. just everybody can perform to their ability and you know somebody who's larger can perform in the diva category just the same as anybody else yeah. you know it doesn't matter it shouldn't matter but it just takes so much more more money for the costuming harder to find the designer you know harder to even get the willpower up to do it hard enough to find you know the classes with the teachers that will support you so if if we don't see it it's because the people in the upper echelons of the dance haven't shown it to us it's not because mm -hmm. it's not there it's just because we haven't fostered it i mean there's plenty of like 
skinny hobby dancers that started out and didn't have nice costumes or whatever and rocketed up the levels just fine. But we don't put that kind of mentorship and energy into the girls that don't look that way. Is it because we don't think they're going to get anywhere? Well, they're probably not going to get anywhere because we're not letting them get anywhere, you know? So what do you want to see? Like, I don't want to see cookie cutter girls anymore. I don't want to see the same designer over and over and over again. I want to see the same dancer over and over and over again. I want to see variety. And so when you open it up, you know, maybe we'll have some change, but it has to start at the people that are booking. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And they have to choose. I mean, as much as it's, as it sucks, like you have to say like, well, this year we're going to prioritize dancers of size, dancers of color, dancers that are actually from the Middle East. I don't know, like pick something and just have it not be about Western skinny dancers. I mean, they can dance too. They have been dancing forever though. (laughs) (laughs) You can take a break and have something else for a little while. And maybe that will make our mindset change. Cause if all you see is what's in the magazine cover, you're never going to think beyond that until, Oh my God, the magazine cover has a fat lady or, you know, a woman of color or whatever. And then you're like, Oh, yeah. So course, more yeah. of that everywhere in your view space will change yeah. it, but it won't, if you have to go find it, like it's hidden under a rock or something. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of competitions, um, how do you think has that, I mean, I'm not that big of a fan of competitions. One of my very first episodes of the podcast was should you do competitions? And I've always spoken about, you really should, if you're going to do it, you got to do it for networking reasons and not oh, yeah. either you do it because you're set on winning. And if you're going to be set on winning, you have to follow the guidelines, like to look a certain way and to do a certain mm-hmm. dance and, or you flip the coin and you do it to get yourself out there and seen. How do you think um, this, the, the topic of body positivity has been brought up in competitions? You've mentioned it before. It, it only really works if you have judges that are focused on. I just don't see competitions. Well, I guess if you're, if you have problems with your stage presence, if you're really looking for like a great, um, performance reel or you really want to get out there like that's one way to do it but why do we have so many competitions like do we have competitions because we don't have paid venues yeah you know like are we doing that because we have so many dancers that have no place to dance or perform so i mean what should we really be spending our time and energy on i mean for me i always thought i should be spending my time and energy on creating venue a venue or a space and i've done it and i want to do it again where i can have dancers perform any way that they want within the context of belly dance just regardless of size or age or whatever or um level just because that's the closest thing to what i was seeing in the middle east is women dancing for women in the home setting in the small setting i don't see where we can't have that and we had it in the past but then you know restaurants shut down or you know people got bored or so I think the competition stems from that lack of a small space. And then it just has ballooned to something I don't, I, I don't enjoy watching them. I mean, okay. some of the dancers I like, but I just, yeah. it's but just it's like, like a It's like a marathon of dance throughout the week, depending on the festival, depending on the situation. It's, it's slightly different wherever you go, but it's basically just, it's just like, I can only imagine for the judges, it's you're sitting there like all day having to oh yeah it's a forced march 
yeah it's you're just watching and you're being forced yeah you're being forced to watch people that that paid to have you watch them and judge them and then most of the time they can't even give you constructive feedback it's just like their own mm -hmm. opinion of what it's not like i see you what you're trying to do and i will give you feedback based on what i believe that you are capable of in these three minutes that i'm watching you no it's right. like oh you are not to my standards and this is how i mark you and that's well, i've never done one because i'm too chicken so like <laughs> i straight up am too chicken and I'm not going to go up there. And and I thought like, okay, if I go up and I do it, I don't want to know what the judges are going to say to me because yeah. if one of them says you're too fat or you're whatever, I'm going to die like of shame and sadness. So I'm not going to do it. But that's so that me personally because I can't handle the criticism because yeah. I don't have the self-confidence because I don't have, you know, anybody else that looks like me doing it. You know, it's like this, yeah. this hamster wheel. So, whereas all my skinny dance friends are like, oh, yeah, I just do it. And I just, you know, they just tell me, oh, maybe they didn't like my hair or whatever. And I just move right along. And I'm like, I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> See, that kills me because I want people, I want people to feel comfortable. And I know this is super dependent on, on their area, their teacher, their, like you mentioned, the opportunities there are for them to even just from a, like, to dance at a Hofla type thing or at a show. Like, mm -hmm. I, I get that is very region based and very much influence on the teacher they have there because if your teacher is not the one supporting this then most likely you're not going to feel very comfortable doing it and um, yeah it definitely has yeah. to come from the teacher because there are teachers who don't even use middle eastern music in class and don't even you know like they 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 keep everybody looking very amateur they don't invest in costuming they don't invest in the stage presence they don't invest in the idea that belly dance is an art form and they don't shepherd their students into it they just want to have this like glittery fun like amateur vibe and sometimes that works for some people but there are like legitimate people who want to learn yeah. properly and take it as far as they can and it's just it's just sad to start a hobby to know that you can only go so far yeah. because of your genetics and then that's going to be it yeah and so you very quickly lose desire and hope and you know you don't even want to go find a new teacher and it's just it becomes yeah yeah because then you think if this one is like this what are the chances that i'm gonna have mm -hmm. another teacher that uh if anyone listening to this has this feeling i swear to you i'm very <laughs> you can come to my online classes i love you how you are <laughs> like this just kills me because it's just so sad because i, I can tell I, you how many students like i taught for like seven or eight years really consistently and I can't tell you how many women would come to me and say oh well I can't take belly dance because I'm too fat or old or oh. like I would have so many men come to me and say I would love to do that but I'm a man no and I'd be like oh. you're welcome and I would have, I would like look at them and be like these are not impediments for me like yeah. I'm not gonna not work with you because of this and so you have to learn to work with yourself because of this but i'm not gonna lie like it's not gonna be easy when you're not with me and with your little bubble yeah. you know it takes yeah. a lot to to show up and be the fat one or the trans one or the the gay one or the misgendered one or whatever the issue is it takes a lot because the belly dance community seems inclusive until everybody who's only yeah. studied for six months is climbing up the ladder and you've been there forever the loyal yeah. student is stuck at the bottom because like your ass is too big and it's just yeah. not 
it's it's demoralizing so i think we have a long way to change that and yeah it would be lovely if everybody could get the costuming that they needed to if because if you look the part if you look really great like you spent money you look great honestly the chances of you being accepted are higher you know they'll be like oh look the the, the big girl got on stage but she looks so great <laughs> Or how is she so brave? And it's like, what is? Oh, oh God, God, you're so brave. (laughs) So, what is something that when you were teaching, or even if you come across anything, just designing costumes, is there something that you like make sure to tell your clients or back then your students to just like any kind of tips to just show them also that you're more inclusive, but also to help them feel more comfortable in their own bodies. I don't think that that's my job because I don't think I can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a lot of clients who really thought that the perfect dress was going to solve all their body issues. Mm-hmm. And so I try to stay away from that because it's not going to solve their issues. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're still going to hate what they hate when they put it on. It's so what I designed for them might minimize something or make them feel a little bit better about themselves. But if they're not in love with themselves and they'll just go find something else to complain about, you mm. know, with their body, if it's not, you know, the front, then it'll be the back. If it's not the back. It'll be the boobs. Like there's always something. So that's not my, my job. Um, but my job is to, is to make sure that it fits who they are now mm-hmm. because you'll be surprised when you like, when you're a person who doesn't fit, like, like if you can't go to the mall and shop because they only go up to size like 10 or 12, which is something that I don't think skinny people understand. Like I can't go to anthropology or something like mm-hmm. that. They don't have sizes above that. So if you already can't shop in the mainstream and you're stuck buying whatever you hope fits, nothing ever really fits. So when you actually have something that fits, your body, the way that you feel is so different. And a lot of the body issues sort of fall away automatically because it fits you properly. So it's accommodating you instead of you accommodating the clothing. Mm-hmm. So you're, you've taken the responsibility off of the garment. Cause I can't tell you how many times, like I go in and I blame my body that the shirt doesn't fit, but the shirt doesn't fit. Like it's not my yeah. fault. You know, so it's so I try to think of that with the costuming, like it it has to fit you as you are, the way you are in this moment. So I often feel really worried when people send me messages and they're like, well, I want a costume, but I'm dieting first. And I'll let you know in six months what my measurements are. But here's money. And I'm just like, Mm -hmm. like, tell me now who you are. We have to design for you now because I don't know what's going to happen in six months. You may fail. You may not fail. Your feelings may change. You may succeed. I don't know. It doesn't matter, you know? So I get a lot of that where people are like prepping their body to have the experience of dance instead of just dancing with what they have. So they're, ch- they're trying to change the wrong thing. Yeah. They need to change the industry. They need to yeah. change what's tamping them down yeah. instead of trying to change themselves to fit what doesn't work. Yeah, have you seen any examples of the industry getting slowly to that step of being able to offer plus size dancers or dancers um, like being more, being slightly more body positive, even if it is through costuming, even if it is through, through um, open stage shows at festivals or anything like that. Have you seen any kind of example? 
last few years none <laughs> no i mean i've been to a handful of competitions in the last few years and there's been maybe one or two dancers of size yeah you know and so no but i don't really see competitions reaching out i mean i know they say like well whoever pays gets to play but i don't see like those people being featured in the in the advert reels of the competitions or mm -hmm. things like that you know mm -hmm. and um i i don't think there's anything wrong with having like a big ass belly dance competition but it just can't be called that you know like we can have, <laughs> we can have a show i would love to I'd, maybe i should just do it somebody needs to put together yeah. some sort of zoom yeah. show where it's only ladies <laughs> of size yeah you know i mean i love that we're having shows that are featuring dancers of color that aren't getting promoted that's awesome i like that we're having more men and, and yes. that's great it's wonderful to see that this is the last hurdle fat phobia yeah. is always the last hurdle mm -hmm. because it it encompasses everyone yeah it yeah. covers everybody so i'd like to see it i want to see it i want to see more of it well, when you organize that Zoom show, I will be watching. <laughs> Along with the millions of other things I have to do. But yeah, like somebody needs to do that. Whoever's listening, can you please do that? Yes. You know, and, and I'll be in it. And like, we just need more of that, you know, where that's what we're focused on. Because yeah. if we have more people seeing it, then then there'll just be more and more and more. It'll be easier. Yeah. Over time. For you know? sure. Is there anything else that you wish that you'd see more of in the belly dance community aside from with regards to the topic of body positivity, aside from being the clear, obvious answer to actually feature more plus size dancers <laughs> in their adverts, is there anything else that's kind of a, like an underlying issue that is connected to that or something that would help push that? I don't, I don't know. I've thought about that a lot. Maybe, you know, just, I think dancers who do have some skin in the game financially, putting their asses on the line like i'd like to see them like if you need a uh, if you need somebody to sub sub for you at your restaurant hire a dancer that's not skinny if you you know are going to feature a teacher feature a teacher that's not skinny like mm -hmm. you can do that like when you go to book your competition or have your big show your gala night who's your headliner like are you only thinking about money like think about somebody else yeah. You know, because those the people who want to see them will come yeah you know yeah and it's sad because like we're only talking about like we're only talking about a few pounds here we're not even talking about embracing everybody yeah. of all that size spectrum like there's whole levels of difficulty depending on you know are you just a few pounds overweight for the restaurant you know, or are you legitimately a larger person? You know, like, like you're already discriminated against all the way up the ladder. You can't make as much money in your regular job. You can't, you know, find all different places to accommodate. You can't get medical care equally. I mean, there's no equality even within that. So I think that it's not a big ask to mm -hmm. have somebody put someone who is like, you know, just not skinny as their headliner. Like that's not asking a lot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
And I will say as someone <laughs> that, that was, that yeah, that was part of a dance company. Um, definitely people that direct those, like, please, you can have people from different uh, body shapes on that as well, because I have friends that have yeah. trauma because they had issues in, um, in dance troops because they were treated to body shaming because they weren't the same size as everybody else. Yeah. And this whole, like, everybody must be the same height and the same weight to fit into the everything. No. Yeah. Like, open it up i you definitely when you see troops you see a very much like one type of of body and um it's a shame because you know there's people that this is like a window into especially when you're first starting out you're trying to determine how much you like this dance and if you have the chance to be part of a troupe or like a dance company mm-hmm. and you most of the time you audition to get into it this is your like this is like a perfect scenario where you can still be more involved than just a hobby but not quite yet professional mm-hmm. and if you're already rejected at that level then what mm-hmm. does that give you any hope for for exactly. anything well, when i started all i could not get into any troop i didn't fit the size requirements but i could get into a tribal troop i just wasn't interested in tribal but and i'm still not a tribal aficionado but that community has does actually embrace body positivity and I see bigger dancers in the tribal group, but I've also talked to them and they've said, well, I wasn't accepted in the cabaret click. So I had to go tribal if I wanted to do this. And that makes me sad. Yeah. Like you should be able to, it's sort of like saying, well, I really wanted to play the trumpet, but I was too fat for that. So I had to play the clarinet. Like, mm-hmm. no, yeah. <laughs> you should be able to do, to do what you the art do. form that you want, regardless of your size. So I would say that we could look towards what the tribal girls have been doing, you know, how inclusive they are because they certainly are more so than the cabaret ladies. Maybe that's because they're not inherently soloists all the time. I don't know. Do you see any other dance forms that do besides the tribal uh, part of belly dance um, that are body positive? Like, do you follow any other dance trends or any dance forms? Do you see this? happening and you're like okay this can happen in this area why don't we do this here i know <laughs> the only yeah, people I... who are breaking any grounds are the burlesque dancers really yeah and there have been some movements in hip-hop where they've had um larger dancers but that's mainly just because of social media because these people who have always performed are now saying like well guess what i have a camera and i can take my own video and put it out there so mm-hmm. like the fact that we have I mean, for all the ills that social media has, right, for all the difficulties that it contains, it at least gives people a platform that they wouldn't have had before. So you can break through and make your own followers and people are going to want to see you if you have the talent. All of a sudden, the genetics equation is out the window, Mm -hmm. except you may not get, you know, allowed to be with the other people. You can at least do it on your own. And so I think that's really valuable. And that's how I've seen a lot of new performers. And when I see a performer of size, I friend them. I follow them. I don't even really think first, like, are they really talented or not? Because I have, I'm not, I'm just thinking, I need to separate what I see, the acceptable, acceptable things that I see. I need to get rid of those and see different things. And only through that will I change my perception. So I just don't, I just don't allow that in my world as much anymore. Yeah. So I would challenge people to find people that maybe don't look, like what they would normally be attracted to as a person, you know, be it a disability, a gender, a size or whatever, to find 
these other people and follow them and see if it doesn't adjust your mindset because that's the only way you're going to see them. So that's what, how I've seen the hip hop dancers that are really exciting and um, the burlesque dancers um, that are really pushing the size boundaries. And, you know, I really like that. Follow fat blogs. There's a great one to plug dances with fat. I don't know if you've ever looked at that mm -hmm. one. That's a great blog and that's run by a dancer. Like these are all things that you can do as a person and then you'll see more mm -hmm. and then you'll be like, oh, there are fat ballet dancers and things. Well, that's great that there is a silver lining to social media awfulness. Thank you so much for for this really insightful and very, very honest. I love it. <laughs> I'm oh, good. I'm glad I didn't suck, Shana. <laughs> oh, no, of course. I love it. I love There's when people are like bullshitting. About. They're like, no, we got to change the shit right now. This is how we do it. I love that. <laughs> I don't like it's this. True. Like, it's true. But, like, buckle up because it's got to change or, you know, we can just forget yeah. about it. Thank you so much for this, though. Oh, thank you. Where can people find you? What do you want? Is there anything you want to plug? I think I'm really easy to find. I'm not, I, I eventually I'll have a legitimate website. I mean, can you believe I don't have it? I mean, you could just Google <laughs> me. You could just literally Google Eshamar. You'll get to my Facebook. You'll get to my Instagram. It's really easy to send me a message. Like everything is public. My email's out there. Like you can just send me a message and find all of the photos are on Facebook and Instagram. And that's just kind of how I'm doing it. So, you know, like send me a message, tell me what you're thinking. If you want a costume, you know what to do. Just tell me what you want. And all of that is available. I'm pretty accessible online. Thank you so much. And yeah, it's you're just very welcome. And, and very insightful. So thank you guys for listening. And until next time. Thank you.